What Do We Do? A podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning. Introducing listeners to the leaders in our community. Hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Steffen. Alongside WWJ Midday News anchor, Brooke Allen. Hey, I'm Brooke Allen. Our goal with the What Do We Do podcast is to educate listeners on topics that impact your financial growth, your retirement, and your lifestyle. And I'm Dewey Steffen. Join us twice a month as we welcome some of today's leaders in the community for conversations that can help with investment decisions so you can plan for and live your best life. Here's Dewey Steffen alongside Brooke Allen. Hey, I'm Brooke Allen. Thanks so much for being with us. You are listening and watching the What Do We Do podcast. Of course, this is season two, episode 14, number 56. And thank you so much uh, for being with us. Dewey, of course, always a pleasure. Brooke, it's great to see you. Podcast listeners, YouTube viewers, it's great to talk to you and to share another episode of the What Do We Do podcast with all of you. This is an episode with a guest. Yes. And as everyone out there knows with the What Do We Do podcast, we are all about community and having guests on to share their story is part of being a leader in the community. And with that, we want to give back to the community with these special people. And we have a very special guest today. And I just want to remind everyone that part of our mission is to find these leaders that have a story to tell, that have knowledge to share and advice to give. And then we ask them to come on our show and share and give with all of us. And today we have a very special guest, Brooke, as I said, yes. Mrs. Linda Schlesinger Wagner. We're so excited to have you here today. Before we let you take over for this hour, because I know you will, <laughs> we're going to give a brief but formal introduction, okay? Perfect. Linda is known as a DEP, D-E-P. She is a designer, an entrepreneur, and a philanthropist. So you are a DEP, my dear, and that is fantastic. Linda <laughs> is owner and founder of Skinny Tees, which is a clothing brand for women of all ages, all sizes, from day and night, from work to workout, pregnancy to post baby, and everything in between. Linda founded Skinny Tees in 2009 from her living room with just an idea and no money. And she even borrowed $1,000 from a friend. This is serious business. Now, 13 years later, Skinny Tees not only is surviving, but thriving. Skinny Tees has an 8,000 square foot facility in Birmingham, Michigan, as well as an office in Los Angeles, <laughs> California. Skinny Tees was named Corp Magazine's Economic Bright Spot Award in 2017, Magazine's 5,000 Greatest Entrepreneurs of 2017, Mish Business Retail Sensations of 2018, and has made numerous appearances on Good Morning America, QVC, The View, and now What Do We Do? <laughs> And with that, I also want to let everyone know that Linda believes in giving back to her community. This amazing success story goes beyond her personal triumphs. It goes with, along with helping the community. Linda is an advocate for women's and children's charities, actively working with a multitude of nonprofits such as the Ovarian Cancer Research Fund, Super Saturday, and the Make-A-Wish Foundation. With that... 
I want to introduce everyone to Linda Schlesinger Wagner. Thank you for coming on the What Do We Do podcast. Love it. It's great to see you. Uh, before we get into everything, again, welcome. And I'd like to just kind of hear, uh, you know, the background, your story from the beginning. Um, you don't need to go all the way back to day one in the crib. <laughs> okay. Okay, but okay. I want to go back before the founding of Skinny Tees. So okay. please, you know, share a little bit about your upbringing sure. and sure. Uh, we'll go from there. Okay, the oldest of six children, grew up in Livonia, went to Ohio State for a year and a half. Oh, I know. Time out, time uh, out. I had met the love of my life at a Dairy Queen at Seven Mile in Livernois, I think, somewhere around there. Not quite, but, um, and wanted to come home. And my father had a tool manufacturing plant. And, um, I wanted to work for him and learn about business, and he let me. Hmm. Uh, it was hard. I didn't have anything to do with accounting, didn't know anything about accounting. I cried a lot. Hands down, the best thing I ever did, because at 26, there had been a tooling problem, and my father was very tucked into all the car companies locally and said, you never can depend on one industry. And I went with him on a plane to Houston, Texas, cold calling to Hughes Tool Company. And my dad won the contracts for all the oil bits hmm. drilled in the United States. And then going on to Schlumberger and Reed Tool Company and China. And I was the girl who negotiated <laughs> with those people, those buyers at 26 years old. I knew nothing. But you learn fast. And I saw my parents lose everything and then make it back. And it stuck with me. Got married, had one child out the gate, you know, in a couple years. And everything was great and couldn't get pregnant again. And had lots of problems and decided, I have one. It's a gift. I'm going to open a kid's store because I love kids and I want to be around them all the time. That first store my son named when he was five called Rainbow Lollipop at 163 Townsend, where the Townsend Hotel, right across the street from the Townsend, was there for a year and a half. One day I got a call from Somerset Mall. <laughs> they wanted a kid's store. What year is this, Linda? Oh, geez, that was 77, 78. Uh, I went with Linda Dresner and Lingerie. The Abercrombie store had closed. Eight of us went in and did it. And then we lasted about three years. And we were told we had to vacate because <laughs> they were putting Barney's in. But we got first dibs on the new North Mall, which took years to build. So um, I, at that same time I was doing that, I bought a knitting machine because I saw a vest in a children's store in New York and tracked down, that's what I'm famous for, sourcing. I never, you can't tell me no because I'm going to find it. I just do. And I tracked down the woman who made these and called her and said, I have to have these for my store at Somerset. She says, I, I knit them myself. I can't do them. So I went and bought a couple sizes at this store in New York. Bought a knitting machine, taught myself how to do it, had a button collection, hired a crocheter. There they are in the store in Somerset Mall. <laughs> and a rep that I knew, a children's rep, her neighbor got one in Encino, California. The rep calls me and said, you got to share this resource. I have to rep these. And I ended up telling her it was me, you know, 
it, none are the same. They're, each one is different. And she begged me to take him to the kids' show in New York. I said, okay. She says, how many can you make? It was an August show. You have to deliver by October. I said, 200, thinking, no way. Is she going to sell them? Yeah, well, Neiman's bought them all the first day. I went in the bathroom and cried my eyes out <laughs> because I didn't even know how to buy yarn wholesale. I was just making them for my store. So <laughs> it was hard. It was uh, a lesson, and that business I went on to have 40 people working for me, knitters, crocheters, cottage industry. It got really, we were in every better women's and kids store in the United States. I mean, we sold to Barney's, we sold to Bloomingdale's. I also gave everyone in the world credit. <laughs> That's a big fail. Uh, jump forward, I'm in it, I have the kids store, I'm a manufacturer, and I decided after many years of being in a sad, sad marriage when my kids were older that we were done. I took care of my father-in-law for the last four years of his life and the day he took his last breath. I said to my now ex-husband, we're done. We have to go on. Our kids are grown. We've been married 37 years. Scary. He had gotten an inheritance. And I said, oh, and by the way, I don't want any of your money. I always land on my feet. Huh. Well, I did that, much to the sadness of a lot of friends and attorney friends. <laughs> uh, but I, I did it, and I bought a little house in Huntington Woods and had a little bit of money and went through it remodeling this house and gave up my knitwear business because all I was doing was chasing people for money and my ex-husband at the time said that he wanted part of the business. So I said, I'm, I'm, I just closed it. Yeah, I was so the me, business. I was going to interrupt you there. So that's a great uh, question is, again, the business was thriving. You had over 40 employees yeah. and you were, you know, uh, the talk of the town, the talk of the country. Right, I really was. So uh, the divorce, again, he would have wanted some of the business, yeah, yeah. but maybe you negotiate, you keep your inheritance. I'll keep my business, do these different things. You're not young and in, no. in love. You're yeah. older and aware. Yeah. So you, uh, I interrupted you right when you said you just decided to close the business. Yeah. Um, so continue. I think he was shocked when I told him. I went and had a long walk with my accountant. He said, just close it. You mm -hmm. are the business. Just close it. And a friend told me that, too. And I did. It had sounds business very like, vicious. Uh, had, was business <laughs> um, uh, declining? Was it a situation I, where... You know, Honestly, it wasn't, but I saw or I felt that people weren't attending all the trade shows as much. We were still writing business because we had a product that was kind of made to order. But I saw people weren't paying, and we were in a full-time hiring. It's full-time, someone calling for money all the time. I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted a simpler life. I really wanted a simpler life. I didn't know how simple. I didn't know what I was going to do. I felt like I always landed on my feet closed it, put everything in storage, which I just got out recently. <laughs> yarn, great yarn. And, you know, I, I did a lot of things. I'm a lucky woman. I look back at it, and in the last 13 years, I worked with Monty Must, a local photographer. I went to 12 countries, 10 states, interviewed 442 Holocaust survivors. How many people ever get to do that? She was sad from a personal tragedy. I was sad from a divorce. Huh, I wasn't sad anymore. Talked to 442 Holocaust survivors all over the world. I wasn't sad anymore. 
I worked for party planners. I worked on some of Dan Gilbert's parties with my friend who was so talented. I decided I better start giving back because I'm under an umbrella of making stuff happen. I went to uh, Jewish Family Services. I became a respite worker for $11 an hour. This is 10 years ago. You know, watching a family uh, that had an autistic young man at 14. The nice thing of that is the dad, unbeknown to me, was the Botox rep for all the doctors. So <laughs> I got a little perk from that. But but you learned along the way. And, and I was really hustling because I would work on parties on Saturday, setting them up, all the bar and bat mitzvahs and weddings, not all, but a lot. And then doing the teardown at midnight because I'm the older woman who would show up for work. So you do the teardown to three in the morning. And then I'd be over at Monty's doing a photo shoot for a family or a young baby at eight o'clock on Sunday morning. It becomes wearing. It, it's, but I'm not afraid to work. I did it all. But I laid in bed and thought, okay, come on. You're a smart woman. Let's figure this out. You have this great clientele. You've made it. You've done it, whatever made it is. And you're doing it right now. I'm just not working for myself. I'm working for other people. But I loved all of them. And I really was in, actually, I was crying every night. And my adult daughter would call me from California. And one night, she said to me, Mom, it's time to pony up and be the mom. I feel like I'm now the mom in this relationship. You kind of need to get it together. At 2 o'clock in the morning that night, I thought, of the, I thought of doing this camisole, doing one size fits most, make it longer, because I didn't reinvent the camisole, but I did something no one had done previously. I made it longer. I was an older woman. I was 62 at the time. I didn't For all wanna... the men out there, can you explain what a camisole is? <laughs> oh, we all know. Every man knows. Can we discuss it in layman's terms, guy terms? Spaghetti straps, tight and right. Okay. Hold you in, okay. skinny teeth. Okay, got it. So, okay, so 26 okay. inches long. So when I raised my hands up or leaned over, no one was going to see skin. And I rem my son is in marketing. He would always tell me, you ever get a name on GoDaddy, you always get the dot, dot, um, what is it? Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Yeah, I was going to say dot net. Always get it. So two in the morning, I thought, I'm going to get this name skinnytees.com. Mm -hmm. And I went in and opened an account and got it for 99 cents, for real, <laughs> 99 cents. Wow. Called him the next day. I have this great idea, David. I'm going to do this camisole. I'm going to do it in 10 colors. You know, and I got this name, skinnytees.com. Mm -hmm. He's a mom. Because he brokered names at the time. That's a $25,000 name. You didn't get that. You got the .net or the .org. <laughs> I said, okay, here's my password. Go on. So he still recently right. even says to me, okay, you really did that one. You, I guess I got it. <laughs> you know, we've been offered big money for it. So that was the birth of Skinny Tees. But now I needed money to make it because I wasn't getting the money from my divorce, was, which was this much. And this is 2008-2009, uh, right? When the economy dumped. And I had a little house in the Huntington Woods on an 18-month arm mortgage. Mm -hmm. uh, we know the bank that's no longer in business. And it was a big problem. I couldn't hustle enough to pay my new mortgage rate from that. That's why really that was a really the catalyst to making me think, okay, girlfriend, you've got to get it together. And um, so I started this, I and I decided, which people disagree with me, 
I wasn't going to contact all the stores that had bought from me, all the stores who placed orders with the Annie M or the Annie's Antic sweaters, which was many. I'm doing this. It's on my own, a little stubborn Linda. I have to do it on my own. And I was with a radio person, actually, who was interviewing someone up in Brighton, and I was walking the city, and there was a great woman's store in this bubbly blonde, and she was like, I thought she was the manager. I loved her, how she introduced herself to everyone when they walked in. So she was my first customer. I called that store when I had the camisoles in hand, and I didn't have a lot, and I asked to speak to the cute bubbly blonde. I think she's the manager, and she said, it's me. What do you want? I said, I have this line, skinny tees, and I want to sell it to you. Come up. She became... She closed a year ago. My best single store in the United States. Best in Brighton, in Michigan. Brighton. Mm -hmm. She knew how to sell it. Her daughter knew how to sell it. And they really helped put me on the map. So, oh, I have to back up. I didn't have money to pay a con. I, actually, I used a contractor I had used years before who did give me a line of credit because when I closed my knitwear company, I was a corporation and I paid all my bills and he remembered that I paid him. It's a big lesson. Um, he gave me credit, but I still needed money. I had to get business cards made and order forms and this and that. I went to a friend, I borrowed $1,000 on her credit card. And from that point on, all I did was grow the business and roll the money. I never took money out till six years ago. I rolled it and rolled it and rolled it. And it worked for me. I kept working. I met this wonderful man nine years ago. I'm going to stop again. <laughs> I like to talk. I got it. But listen, and this is very important. The What Do We Do podcast is about oh. community, but it's about investing and investing for success and not just surviving, but thriving. Yeah. And your story resonates so well, Linda, because we've had many podcasts in the past. We've talked about um, 11 streams of income. Do you know this, that the average millionaire has seven streams? of income. I believe the that. average millionaire has seven. And we say we're not that. average here at Great Lakes Wealth or what do we do? So strive for 11 streams of income. Oh, like but that. the first thing you need to do is have a dream and follow it, whether that's at your primary hustle or your side hustle. And the timing of what you did, 2008, 2009, <laughs> yes, it's 13 years, 14 years later, but it can't be forgotten mm -hmm. that uh, two major banks failed, mm -hmm. that being uh, Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns. General Motors went bankrupt. Right. Um, I'm going to say 30 to 40% of houses in America went beyond, behind on their mortgage payments right. or defaulted on them, right? So um, a situation where the stock market was down over 40%. Mm. Yeah. Uh, unemployment was to the point where it wasn't called... Uh, just a recession. It was called the Great Recession. Right. People were trying to survive. And you took that and, yes, you had to survive, but you decided to follow your gut, your dreams, and your entrepreneurship to make it happen. So for all of our listeners, for all of hmm. our viewers, I needed to interrupt you because – it's 2022, and maybe things are a little bit better now than they were then. But if you're out there and you're not following your dreams and you're not getting after it, then, uh, again, shame on you because the opportunities are there and there's no excuses that you could give me or Linda right. or Brooke that would satisfy giving what I've heard so far. So I like to talk a lot, too. I'm going <laughs> to give it back to you. But thank you for saying all that because it's so true. So for me... 
failure wasn't an option. It wasn't even anything I ever thought about. You just made it, I made it work. And if this didn't work, I was going to the next. And is it luck? My husband says you throw enough stuff against the wall, some will stick. And I kept doing that. And my kids were out in LA and I was going to visit them, and my son said, make sure you bring some skinny teas. I have a meeting for us. I don't even ask who. Okay, I'm coming. Did I bring the skinny teas? No, I forgot them. And my daughter had some. I had some in my luggage. And he picked me up the next morning, drove me to Santa Monica. Huh. We have a meeting with QVC, L.A. guy. Booyah. Whoa. <laughs> so this young man I went to a huge boardroom and I am nervous and frightened and don't know what I'm saying and he comes in and he was so gracious and he told me an entire story about how my son helped him make a lot of good business deals and he feels like you give back what you get and he wants to make an introduction to me of a woman my age her name happens to be Linda and she took lines into QVC so he said, stand up and just tell me a little bit about your line. So I did, and I told him why I didn't, you know, I get a little passionate. And he said, perfect. I go, what's perfect? He goes, they're going to want you on QVC. I go, no, you don't understand. I don't get in front of a mic. I don't talk to people. Not my thing. I'm a great designer. He said, no, they're going to want you, an older, nice-looking woman who's passionate about what she does. Yeah, well, you have to go to film school with QVC. <laughs> but I went to QVC, scary moment, and anybody can go if you have an idea and you're willing to put your life on the line. Anyone can take a product there. I went, and seven or eight young women, women came in, and I mean they were young, like 25 to 35, all with their little calculators, and I did my half-hour presentation which was eight pieces i now had eight styles i wore them all kind of stripped down as i of went the same camisole oh no it's a camisole it's a bike short it's a legging <laughs> i have eight styles now eight, mean, you picked it up guys are trying to figure <laughs> yeah, this out sorry okay, okay. Eight it. styles and i'm taking them off down to the last two <laughs> and i they ask the price i tell them the price and they go perfect we want it but we will only pay ABC. And I said, I can't make it in the United States for that. They said, we don't care where it's made. That's all we're paying. Hmm. And I said, this is how I roll too. Give me an order within a week. Give me 90 days to make it. I'll be your skinny tees girl. They did. And then I found a contractor in China. And he's a wonderful man. I've been to visit him. It, it's, it works for me. I also have people in California making my line and now Italy. And it all works for us. But it's not without heartache. <laughs> it's not without some losses. And it's not without making some people not happy. So real quick for the business people out there, because we do have a lot of small business mm -hmm. owners or entrepreneur wannabes that are listening and watching the YouTube uh, version of this. And 
I'm going to do a little segue, Brooke. Mm-hmm. We have, ding, 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 ring that bell, over 30,000 downloads, likes, subscribes of the What Do We Do podcast. We were so happy to announce that to everyone. We want to thank everyone who listens and who watches um, our podcast. It's about the community, and we're happy to share, and we're blessed with uh, uh, reaching the milestone of 30,000 downloads, views, listens. So please continue to share. And with that, as we will say later, Linda, we're just getting started. But uh, the question for you is on QVC, again, or with orders. So this is for our business owners or entrepreneurs listening. uh, They calculate how many units Mm -hmm. and they just offer to uh, buy again, 5,000 units or a thousand units, whatever the number is at that set price. Right. And then you make it make it and then you just get the uh, profit above that. Is that kind of how it's it goes? not really how it goes at all. When you see sell to QVC, it's on consignment. People don't know that. If it doesn't sell and they don't want it and they don't think they have the potential to sell it, guess what? You're paying to send it all back to your warehouse, your garage, whatever, with everything they buy. Now, I no longer do that because I have longevity and a sell-through. So three years ago, we said, we're not, we're not taking anything back now. You, you sell it and you love it and you bought it, you own it. So that, that helped a lot. But along the way, there were some, like we did, we did a couple there, today's special values, they're million dollar orders. You know, and you do, they do $6 million in business. But we had one buy, and we disagreed with it, and we put it in writing. They did sets, and everyone had a white tank with it, a bra-friendly tank. And we fought them on it. We said, no, black. Every woman wants black. Mm-hmm. They don't want an extra white. They want black. Well, they, the young buyer wanted white. Yeah, it was a bomb. I mean, it wasn't a bomb. They still did millions of dollars. But I got 20,000, no, I got 40,000 white tanks back, which is a blessing because... When the hurricane Katrina happened, guess what? We gave 20,000 white tanks to them. You know, mm-hmm. the National Guard distributed them for us. So it was kind of a blessing that some of those things happened. But along the way and from the beginning, and, and this is an important part of my personal story, I believe from the get-go, really, and I really do believe this, you give back. You get, you give back, and we give back big time. And some are very little things and it's helping a family and some are, you know, you don't hear about everything we do. Uh, we did with Linda Solomon, Pictures of Hope in El Paso, Texas and Tucson, Arizona and Denver going to homeless shelters and she gives the kids cameras and we are, we pay for the whole mission, and it's great. For the local listeners and viewers, Linda Solomon is a photographer Ooh. in town, and there's this place that's no longer in Birmingham called Midtown Cafe. Right. Linda's uh, photographs were all over all those all walls. Over. If you're familiar, little shout out to Linda Solomon and yeah, her photos. She's fabulous. So she, d- she still does, but COVID slowed it down. There's pictures of hope. So we underwrote that for her. Uh, trade secrets through Jewish Vocational Services slash Kadima now. We are a a big sponsor for trade secrets, which is helping women get back on their feet after a divorce or losing a job or whatever. And people think, oh, they hear Jewish, Jewish Vocational Services. I think 90 some 
percent of the people they help are not Jewish. So people need to call there because we have so many great things in this city. Business-wise, I take every class that's offered to me. I take, and we have great things in Michigan. If you want to open a business, we have grants available. And they're for the little guy. Not the, I'm now not a bigger person, but a mid-sized gal. Bigger gal. 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 Woman. Woman. <laughs> But there's so much available if you want to start a business. There are great mentors through the state of Michigan for Me- Michigan Economic Development. Uh, we have an, the, it's called the Edward Lowe Foundation. If you're over a million and you want to grow it to the next stage, it's, and it's all free. And it's, I just went through that program. I just did the second time of that. And Everyone in business should do it if you can to take your business to the next level because they, you tell them what you want. And I said, marketing, marketing, and marketing. I went through it with my son and with my COO. She did it also. And I got hooked up with this amazing man down south who has this computer program called Tapestry. And you want to grow your business with podcasts or skinny tees or whatever? Oh, he gives you all the tools to do it in an hour. He flips it all in this tapestry program, and we have printouts of pages of stores we want to sell to in Michigan. You know, my home baby, I know where Good Morning America customers are because we own the names and the addresses. He took 50,000 names and mapped them out in the United States, and he said, where do you think the woman is who buys the most skinny tees? I said, New York, Chicago, Miami, Detroit, because I'm at home. He said, no, Salt Lake City, Utah. How about that? Wow. But that's what they do, and they mm-hmm. give you the tools. And so he mapped out the state of Michigan for us and showed us where our pockets of customers are. So we're now approaching stores in that area and saying, look, we can show you. We have customers here, a lot of customers Let's put some stuff in your store. Let's send those cards, those customers an email blast, and let's sell it to them. And then we always try and tie it in with a philanthropic thing for, for the local city because there's, we all have to do that. And I really believe we have to keep giving back. We have to. My entire team is about it. We read something in the paper or a magazine. We track down the person whether it's holiday gifts for a family who has nothing, and we've done that a lot. And then my girls argue about one of the kids has one package more than the rest, so we have to go buy everybody else more. But those kinds of things. And we can, can you talk, I don't mean to interrupt you, but can you talk about what you do in October? Because the breast yes. cancer. So my daughter, Annie, finds, and, and we do things with Molly from the Pink Fund and a couple mm-hmm. other things. We do that also. We find, my daughter Annie finds a woman going through treatment. And she just put, she's a a mom, so it's mommy groups and everything. She found a girl last year who was 28 years old and pregnant with her first baby and was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer at a young age. And they even gave her some chemotherapy and... um, when her little baby daughter was born, then they, she had big surgery and everything. So we did a fundraiser at Skinny Tees, giving a discount to our customers and the money we raised from that sale and a free pink T-shirt we had made. And then we cut her a check. Now, I have an accountant. 
I have an accountant and a tax attorney who tell me that I can't cut her a check. <laughs> she has to pay taxes on it. And I go, mm, well, okay, IRS, let me know, and I'll pay the money because I'm not taking money out of any of them, and I'm happy I'm not doing that. They get that check. It's an unrestricted check. Use it for, I don't care if you buy clothes or you have another child or you buy food or pay hospital bills. We don't ask, and I don't want to know. It's helping you feel good, and it has been for all of us at work. It's because we stay in touch. We don't just, that's the thing with us. We never just do it. They become part of the Skinny T's family, so we're always seeing what they're doing. And it's just one thing we do. Um, I, have, I have a great team. They think of things to do, too. We're always thinking of things. I'm Thank you, Anthropology in Birmingham, because I now have three of your managers. <laughs> They're great. You train them well. <laughs> I want to thank you. <laughs> but it, it works. And for us, it's been, it's been an amazing journey for me. It's, I feel like I get it back in so many ways. Um, I mean, Amazon and our own Internet sales, and we're always running sales, and we... I think you never give up, but also the customer service has to be. You know that. I personally, when we do these Good Morning America or The View, we get two to three, 4,000 orders in a 24-hour span. Lots of people ask questions. Lots of people, after they get it, want to return it or have a question. I handle every one of those. I am on the computer, and let me tell you, People love when they hear it's the CEO. They can't believe it. Uh, we get so many compliments on that. I am not going to argue with anybody about a T-shirt. You know, I've said to a couple people, let's get mad about pediatric cancer. We're not getting mad about a skinny tease that maybe had a spot. Camisole. I'm going to give you a new one. Camisole. We're going to call it Camisole. Camisole. <laughs> Camisole. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Fair enough. No, uh, but the question with that, and uh, we um, – had Kevin O'Leary, if you're familiar with Shark yeah. Tank, and one of the other um, sharks on Shark right. Tank is also a QVC right. um, warrior, female warrior. Lori. She's the boss lady on there, Lori, Lori if you're familiar, right? Lori, yeah. uh, but when Kevin was on here, and he kicked off season two, and we talked to him about small business owners and what y they need to do to survive post-COVID. And again, please talk a minute about um, your business as COVID was happening in terms of, you know, a uh, uh, slowdown or maybe a complete stop of the purchases mm. of camisoles, maybe not, but it also to the philanthropic impact. And again, whether you had all these extra inventory that you could go give to frontline workers or go give to victims of some, you know, some part of the COVID crisis. But, um, you know, he talked about, again, what happened during COVID, the shutdown, slowdown, et cetera, but then coming out of COVID and now going forward post-COVID as, knock on wood, we're maybe getting close to the end of it as a pandemic. So there's uh, going to be a new world moving forward right. in terms of how business is done. I'll, uh, I'll share what his comments were after we hear yours in terms of how businesses need to pivot it's not too late, but you always need to be um, being proactive and forward thinking. Absolutely. So uh, talk about how you went through COVID from the business, but also yeah. the uh, charitable endeavors and then, you know, what, what you see in business and charity going forward. Okay. So I was once again lucky because COVID happened. We furloughed my team. My 
COO, Nancy, who is like my daughter. She's 52, worked for me 34 years. Her mom was the first one out that I knew had, who had COVID, diagnosed in February before the shutdown. Immediately put in the hospital and on a vent. I got a call a week after we closed. I was still going to work every day. A week after we closed from Tori, who people watch Good Morning America. They know who Tori is. She's the big kahuna on there. And she said, we, Good Morning America, we're all going to film from home. We want to follow seven or eight businesses, small businesses in America, on what's going on and what you're doing with COVID. Now, this was not being filmed because she asked me to do this. She said, I understand Nancy's mom has COVID. May we use you and may we follow her online? We said, yes, absolutely. Now, I'm there by myself. I get a live thing three weeks. So it would have been the end of March, beginning of April. I get a Good Morning America that they're all filming from home and I'm selling, and my staff is very afraid, and one has an older mother. Nancy has her mom in the hospital. She's watching her dad. Um, no one was coming back to work, so I had a girlfriend who lived down the street. Another friend's husband came with a dog. And I had, and what I did say when they asked me, because they give you 24 to 48 hours to ship all these orders, I said, I have to have five days. I don't even know how I'm going to do it. I'm driving down Woodward at 11 o'clock at night. I'm not kidding. I was the only car on Woodward. <laughs> but I made it happen, and they followed us. And what are the chances out of something so bad that Nancy's mom having COVID, and unbeknown to me at the time, Tori's mother had pancreatic cancer. Both of those women died on the same day, the day before Mother's Day of that year. And it created, it's funny how you get bonds in life, right, out of lemons. And we all made lemonade and cry together and still do. So that kept me going. And because of that and being able to ship that, and we don't say no. We never say no. We make it happen. So we immediately got on the bandwagon. Lots of people we're having very sad stories, and we seem to hear about a lot of them. So we were sending skinny teas everywhere. I was, because and Jane, who worked for me, my friend, and um, the shows kept coming. And I think my staff didn't come back until July, and we had another big show. And during all that time, I had to be grateful because. I'm the old girl on the horse who never wanted the car, and my kids are saying, internet, internet, internet. And I listened to them, even though they think I don't always listen to them, and gave them carte blanche. So we had a website that was up. GoDaddy, yeah. SkinnyTees.com, yeah, I did 99 it. cents, I let's did it. do this. I did it. And thank goodness, because we all know it's where you better be, and friends of mine who are not doing well right now aren't online and you need to really be online it's a minimal investment it's just where we have to be the world has changed it, listen do you think i like designing my italian line in silk through the internet i mean that's what i've had to do through the internet without touching and feeling but you do it i did go in january for four days but <laughs> I did. I finally had to, but you must have been talking to Kevin O'Leary because that's no. exactly what he said. Whether you're selling um, 
you know, T-shirts or bricks or coffee mugs yeah. or whatever. Even if you're ser- selling um, handyman or handywoman yeah. services, you better have an e-commerce yeah. and digital presence. Otherwise, um, your revenues won't, uh, you know, be there in the future. I had to have that. And, and thank goodness I did. It saved us. I mean, it really saved us. Listen, many of the stores went out of business that we sold to. Many. So what does it make us do? We get smarter. We do more business promotion. We use this tapestry. We find out stores. We're going to offer them all kinds of fringes because I'm not taking no. We make it happen. We make it happen. And along the way, you ask for help. You take the classes. You learn the things. I went through the Goldman Sachs, 10,000 small businesses. The most successful program in the United States is the Detroit one. We put more businesses through that. I mean, another great thing, and I thought they'd never take me. Who wanted the old girl in that program? They want all these young people who are smart. You know what? Old girls have a lot to teach. Well, and plus, we um, do. Plus, you're already established. So we right. got a lot. There's a misconception that you have right. to not have any experience. You have to be a beginner. These grants, these services, these uh, mentoring programs are not for those that have already made it part way. It's for beginners, and that's completely false, right? It's so false, and I tell people all the time, I'm always getting phone calls. I never say no. You want to start something and you have an idea, call me. I'll get you to the people because don't give it up. But just don't think you're going to go to QVC and take the risk. Because the truth is, when you get that first order, they tell you, don't mortgage your house, don't take a bank loan, because you could very well, and many people, get all this merchandise back. It's put a lot of people out of business, or a lot of people have lost their homes, because they, you know, you never know what's going to sell. It's the time of the day. What's going on in the world? It's like, what's Mm -hmm. on the news? That all affects that airing. So you have to be careful and i always tell my girls we can't be pigs we just have to be little bits at a time and make it happen and you have to give back you just anybody i work with i said okay i'm i don't want anything you're not going to pay me for any of this information but what you have to do align yourself with giving back it could be a little tiny help someone else just help someone else it's it's what we all need to get back and do in any possible way Hey guys, it's Brooke. I want to take a minute to talk to you about Dewey Stefan and his great team at Great Lakes Wealth. Do you feel overwhelmed managing your assets? Well, Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. That is really what they are all about. They will help you develop a custom financial plan utilizing all of your assets and keeping your goals in mind. That is what Great Lakes Wealth is all about, helping you and your family achieve your financial dreams. So go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today and tell Brooke sent you. Community, so important, and yeah. we can't stress that enough on the What Do We Do podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to kind of pivot mm-hmm. a little bit, okay, just a little bit. So with Skinny Tees now, please just, again, mm-hmm. where are you at in terms of skews or, again, do we have men's camisoles yet? <laughs> we have and men's oh, shirts. Yes. Men's <laughs> shirts. I'm going to say camisole okay. the rest of the month, okay. um, at least until okay. I get home tonight. How about that? I'm making you a camisole, and okay. you're going to wear it. It's we want to make it 
pink. Oh, okay. pink, right. For Real breast men cancer wear pink, and I will That's absolutely right. for breast cancer awareness. Oh, I'm month. doing it. Absolutely. I would be honored oh, to. Um, so with that, again, let's talk about uh, where the business is now, just okay. in terms of uh, where you are from starting um, in your <laughs> living room and borrowing $1,000 on a French credit card. And briefly do that. And then also, what's next? Is it, again, a man's line? Is it... Um, you know, non-T-shirts. Is it again different charities? Are you going to retire anytime soon? Because I have a position open for you here <laughs> at Great Lakes Wealth and the What Do We Do podcast. We'll call it the What Linda Do. Oh, okay. okay. I'm we'll, in. We'll, I'm in. Okay. Uh, anyway, so please tell us uh, the, where okay. you're at now, and then uh, what's what's in the future. Okay. So where we where we're at now is we are always designing. We do cut and sew, as I said, out of silk. We have. A couple thousand SKUs, if you count all the colors, over 240 styles. Because we now do the one size fits most, we had to do and a little more. For the woman who's a little bigger like and we're that. not cutting I her like out, that. has to be in a little more. And she's got a little more, we're going to cover the little more. So we've done all of that. And we just got samples in today for our, we're doing a whole group of sustainable so new products, recycled yarn, recycled labels, you know, doing the whole thing. We are starting small. You know, my girls get all excited because they think, oh, we're going to have all this in sustainable. I, no, girls, <laughs> we are not getting rid of this a million dollar worth of inventory we have over there. No, but we're starting small and doing it because people want it. And yes, we're doing a men's line. We're going to do a tank. We're doing a short sleeve shirt and a long sleeve shirt. Those are that. But I am making you a pink cami for breast <laughs> cancer awareness, and we will see you on it because I'll be over here. Fantastic. <laughs> am I retiring? Which my daughter wrote me a letter in September and told me all the way reasons I should. I just turned 74. I'm at work at 7, 7.30 in the morning. I have a lot of energy. I never stop. My 30-year-olds tell me, how, how can you keep going? I don't know. It's a gift that I have this. One day it'll stop. I'm not retiring yet. I have a lot to do. I have a lot of people to help. We have a lot to do. I have a lot of messaging to tell people. So on that note, how are you able to, or how have you been able to take your hands off the wheel? I have been told that I have a similar problem <laughs> where I, um, you know, work 24 seven. And yeah. again, as a business owner, and again, whether it's a, being a parent, you have to be a parent 24 yeah. seven, you have to take ownership and pride in what you're doing at all times. But if it's yours and live, uh, or, you know, sort of succeed or fail uh, with yeah. it, uh, you have a special little ownership. So with that, I've been told I need to take my hands off of the wheel oh, on some things and yeah. delegate, delegate. Or not even delegate, just get out of the way. Get out right? of the way. So, but sometimes those um, decisions that those individuals want to make, they're misguided. Sometimes That's there's right. a fine line of uh, hands off is. the wheel versus taking the day off. That's uh, when I did the first day of Goldman Sachs five years ago, I walked out of there at night, called my husband and I said, Goldman Sachs lesson 101 for me. I need to delegate, which he's told me, my kids have told me, I feel like I have to be in everything and check everything because there are mistakes or things that fell through. And I don't like the fall throughs. <laughs> I don't, I really dislike that. But I did take that away and I'm much better. I'm not great because what I say to people is, 
my business, my money, right? My risk, it's my risk now. Now I have money in the game. Now I, I never had money in until three years ago. Did $6 million and never borrowed a penny mm -hmm. and everything paid for. I mean, that's unheard of that a business grew like that. So that's the hardest thing. It's that type A personality. So you uh, align yourselves or surround yourself with quality people. Quality. From, uh, what did you say, anthropology? Anthro I take some anthropology right. managers because they do a great job. And they like work. We, we are a team. We and I They say behind every girls. great man is an amazing woman. But that's true. <laughs> Come just, on, don't even saying. go there. Just, yeah, just, just say that. Just yeah, saying. that's so true. But you know what? As a boss, and I don't like to think of myself as a boss, I think we're equals, and everyone's going to want to be working for me now. But one year I took my girls to Paris. I mean, for a long weekend. We were going for tea in London, and then we had to close for COVID. We just went to – we had a spa day last week. I mean – I believe you do good things for the people who help me because without this crew, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. They, they get me. They know how I think. They are aligned with the designs I like. They're always looking for, they have credit cards. Go online and buy something if you think we need to make it or copy it or do our swing on it. You need to do that. I just told one of the girls today, I, I don't see you've been purchasing anything. Mm -hmm. And they feel so bad spending money on the card. That sample you're buying and we'll turn it into something that we're going to sell $200,000 worth, buy that sample. Right. And I, you know what? Everything comes from somewhere. It's not like I'm the queen and I am so talented. I just know how to make it happen. That's what it is. It's knowing how to make it happen and never saying no and sourcing out everything, just never saying no and knowing you can do it. I didn't reinvent the wheel here. I got a great name, though, and I have great people working with me. They're not called camisoles. They're called skinny tees. That's You know what right. I'm saying? Yes. Well, listen, Linda, we want to uh, pivot now one more time. Yeah. Okay, to my favorite part of the show. Brooke knows oh. this. He loves this. Okay, my okay. favorite part of the show, uh, this podcast is called What Do We Do? But people are sick and tired of hearing What Do We Do? They want to hear What Linda Do. So this is a part of the show we call What Linda Do, which is what would Linda go back and tell her 18-year-old self or today's 18-year-old uh, men and women, young men and women, mm -hmm. um, for you know their future uh, endeavors in life? You might not like this, but I really do believe this. I think too many young people today are afraid to ask people. Maybe they're interested in being a pharmacist. They should ask a pharmacy to let me mentor you one summer. Maybe you really don't want to do that. Maybe you really want to be a designer. I don't think college is for everyone. I really, really don't. I, all the girls who work for me have gone to college except one. I did not graduate from college. But I think there's a bigger world out there if you get your feet wet. We never – I give a lot of kids internships, and I pay them, because if they think they want to be a designer in this, let them come. Because part of that is also taking out the garbage and sweeping the floor and doing the toilets, which I do. And if they see me do – I don't want to hear that you're not doing it. But I get sass sometimes. But, and I, you know, I had a little 10-year-old girl who's brilliant, 
And she came for a week or two weeks. I went through the Goldman Sachs with her dad. I mean, she's brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. But she got to make a T-shirt, and then we manufactured it for her, and it was a big deal. Does she do that? No, she's a coding genius. She's like 13 and a coding, mm-hmm. for real, genius. But I, if I had to go back and do it, and I always know, knew I liked fabric. I learned to sew at a young age with my grandmother. I always had an aunt who taught me by one nice thing and ten, in, instead of ten mediocre things. So I blame me liking nice fabric on her. <laughs> but I really do believe that. But I think we have to try different things. And not when you're 18. Start when you're 14. And you think you want to work in an office. See if, let someone let you intern and get your feet wet. We don't do that enough in this country, I don't think. I just, I'm all about that. And I wish I had done it. I wish I had worked for my dad instead of waiting till I was almost 20. He gave me the best education ever. Hands-on business. Stuck me in. Didn't know accounting. Huh, I can do a general ledger and it better not even be a penny off. Which is a gift because when I look at my financials, I know what I'm looking at. I know what I'm talking about. And I think a lot of people, even business owners, very successful people, they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. EBITDA. Have you heard of this? (laughs) EBITDA. (laughs) Linda, that's amazing. You're amazing. Brooke, anything that we um, uh, should uh, ask Linda to share with us before we we wrap up today? No, you know what? I think the one thing that I've heard her say repeatedly, right, is to find your passion, right? And to also, it's like almost like street smarts mm-hmm. are better than school smarts sometimes. Right. It just depends on your personality. It depends right? on you. Um, but you're in the trenches. You're working. You're not just delegating no. everything, you no. know? And I think that's important. And that's important for small businesses. That's important for the kids. That's important for my twins, right? right? I mean, to know they're only 10, but to know, listen, you've got to get out there and you've got to do this job, right? It's a work ethic. I think that's huge with you. Well, I think that is huge, and I and my kids will both say, and they're 42 and 49, thanks for teaching us the work ethic. Thanks. Yeah. I, I was a taskmaster. Like, you're going to send in a report in fifth grade? You make it better than anybody. That cover better be better than anybody else does. And you can sit at that table till it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did that. Right. I know I did that. But they both thanked me. They both are very grateful for that, and they both have great work ethics. I think that's important, I learned right? it too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I learned that from my parents. I did. I mean, it works. It works. And Listen, Dewey, his son is in here, right? I mean, you yeah. you know, so it's kind of the same thing with yeah, you. Yeah, I've got a lot of similarities in my background or my upbringing in terms of a work ethic and now trying to pass that on to yeah. my three amigos, I call them, <laughs> Team <laughs> Stefan. And uh, so, yes, they have to follow their dreams. But as you said, they need to kind of get out there and get out of their comfort zones, even have an understanding of what those dreams might be. And, um, again, giving them the Sorry. opportunity to um, – to intern away from you, but also work for you. So, yeah, my oldest, uh, when he's uh, home from school, he is here. And, again, he's 
here not to learn. He's here for the cash. Yeah, I'm right. He's, he's here. He's there for the paycheck uh, every other Friday. Did you fire him at all yet? Not yet. He's on a furlough while he's away at school. Oh, uh, okay. I had to uh, fire my son when he was 16 for going and picking up the phone during work hours and calling a friend. I go, what are you mm. doing? Right. I'm calling a friend. I go, hang it up and have dad pick you up. You're done. Right. Done. Done. Fantastic. It's hard. Well, well, I appreciate you coming in, Linda, for sure. Um, our podcast is all about community. We've said that repeatedly. It's so true. You're an amazing uh, mm. member of our community. You're an inspiration to men, women, children in our community and outside of our community. So blessed to have you here. Um, anything else that you want to wrap up and say before we call it a show? Just never give up. Never give up. Love that. No never is not up. an option. <laughs> No, is not. I can't is not a word (laughs) or words. (laughs) Well, it sounds like uh, your motto is very similar to our motto. And Brooke, this is season two, episode 14. Linda Schlesinger Wagner, this is episode number 56 of the What Do We Do podcast. (laughs) And we have just gone over 30,000 downloads while the show is going on. So I'm so excited to announce that right here, right now, $30,000 of the What Do We Do podcast. And with that, at your mature age, and with us, the number of podcasts, we've done so much, but we're just Just getting getting started. The opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.